This is an ABC podcast. Dee Salmon, the host of the Hookup podcast and the live show on Triple J. Oh my God, you are on one. You're so energetic. You're glowing right now because of this date you had last night. I know. I can't stop like dancing and I'm like, I'm all giddy. I know. It's weird for me. I went on a date. Um, And yeah, it was just really nice. We went out to dinner and just like lots of green flags. So I'm feeling like, but I think like the thing that's making me like all cute and weird about it is like, I've never done this on a date before, but we like had dinner and then he like held my hand across the table. How romantic. And I just hate physical touch, but I don't know why, but that made me feel really nice. Was it like a long handhold? How many seconds? Minutes? Yeah, minutes. Uh, Stop it. Yeah. Stop walking away from the mic. Come and tell us more about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, we'll have to get an update as we go on throughout the week because I'm excited. You are are literally going red right now. It's really cute. It's only day two, but I still feel like the episode we're going to do today, this is me trying to like completely change the topic, but (laughs) the episode we're doing today is on situationships Yeah, and it's like could potentially turn into that one day. Yeah. Eventually. Every relationship at the start can potentially become a situationship if you're not careful. Well, I guess they all, everything kind of is a situationship until you have that convo. You're right, actually. Right? No, you're completely right. You're spot on. Because then you have the convo and then you go, oh, cool, like we're moving forward. Then you have the like proper relationship. Yeah. The old what are we chestnut. Yeah. So this episode, if you have no idea what a situationship is, we're going to get into that. We're going to figure out how to tell if you're in one Um, and, you know, whether or not it's for you because for some people it's the dream. But if you are looking for a committed relationship and a partner, it can be really confusing. So, you know, if that doesn't work for you, we're going to find out how you can cut it off as well. So, as per usual, we wanted to tackle this one because a listener got in touch on our Instagram. Katja told us her story about how she found herself in a situationship and what she did once she figured out it wasn't what she wanted. So, I think, like, for me going into that situation, I had only really had real experience with friends with benefits. So I was really comfortable with that. And for me, that very much was like super like, <laughs> like hang out, do what you got to do, go home, don't even really talk that much. So I think like right off the bat, that's maybe what I expected. And then I sort of noticed like that he would like call me a lot on the phone. And then like we would hang out like pretty often, like a few times a week. And then maybe like two months in or something, he was like, just so you know, like, we don't have to have sex every time we hang out. Like, that's not what this is about. And then, like, I think that's when I was really confused because I guess, like, in my mind, I was, like, so used to friends with benefits. I was like, oh, like, maybe that's not what this is then. And then a couple of weeks later, I asked him, like, if he was, like, sleeping with anyone else. And then he said no. And then um, I was sort of like, okay. And then he's like, why do you want to know? And then I was just sort of like, I think this is what normal people talk about when they're dating. And he's like, but we're not, like, we're not dating. We're not in a relationship. Like we're just hanging out. Like, um, this is not like boyfriend and girlfriend. And like, at that point got very much like, don't get it twisted. Like, that's not what this is. And like, I think like the only boundary sort of like looking back was just like, like him saying that it wasn't a relationship almost. I was really, really frustrated by the situation because I, I think I really liked him and he was a big part of my life. And I like, even when I tried dating other people, like it wasn't that good. And also like when I came back, like it was like, I would be like, oh, I like hanging out with him. I like this about him. He makes me laugh, this and that. 
Um, but I was also sort of like, it's not a real relationship. And then like that always frustrated me. And then during like one of our times where we broke up, I think we got back together after that, but like I was speaking with a therapist about it and he was basically like, like this is a like a modern relationship in the 21st century like just because he said it wasn't doesn't make it not a relationship so like you should look at it that way and then like that was a super like validating and interesting thing for the therapist to say and then when we got back together after that like I even like told him about that conversation with the therapist and then I found that like he tried to deny it and then I like was like no no like it was a relationship and then he like we were only together for like three more months after that but like he like almost like like used it against me a couple times like if I didn't agree with something he'd be like oh but this is a relationship remember and like and I'm like since when like you know so yeah and then that's when I was just sort of like this is a relationship and it's toxic like (laughs) I realized like it was a little bit more habit than like enjoyment and it was just sort of like you know like okay I'm just doing this because I'm used to it and this is maybe not as great and thriving and life-giving as maybe I believed it was at some point and then I like went away for a week to visit a friend on a vacation and had some space and then I came back and I was like yeah I don't I don't I don't even want to see him again and I literally just like called him and did it on the phone I didn't want to see him after that I just want to say what Katja went through I can relate to it I feel like we've all been there yeah I actually read a book last week from digital content creator Helen Chick and she talked about situationships. She had a whole chapter about it. So basically in her book Sex Swipes and Other Stories, she spoke about her like dating experiences from the past like five years and it's all about her like love lives and all the dates that she's been on and one in particular was about a situationship but then she did like a how to tell if you're in one, how to deal and she had like all this advice. Yeah, this is how she defines it. It's that murky in between spot when you're dating someone and you're basically doing all the things that a couple would do, except you just don't have the label or one person's very averse to putting a label on it. It's not friends with benefits because like Helen said, you're doing everything that a couple kind of does, but then, yeah, you just don't have that label on it, Mm. even though it might feel like a relationship and that's when it gets confusing. Anyway, this is something that happened to Helen. From the first date with this gent, we ended up seeing each other for 10 days straight afterwards, like every single day for 10 days straight. And it was all really, and it all felt right. Some people were like, oh, should you really be hanging out that much? You know, take it slow. I'm like, you know what? Neither of us think it's weird. It feels right. So we're just going to roll with it. But like fast forward another couple of weeks and, you know, we've met each other, a few of each other's friends. We've babysat, you know, his best friend's kids for a little bit and I've got a like a spare key to his apartment it's you know all looking like it's heading in sorry (laughs) right I know that is huge okay and then when the conversation of like are we seeing other people well actually I had told him that I had deleted all the dating apps to kind of test the waters because that basically says I'm exclusively seeing you. I'm not interested in seeing anybody else. And when that conversation happened, it just did like a 180, like just everything just went on its head after that. And it came down to the conversation where he was like, I want to keep doing what we're doing now, going on dates, doing fun things, but I just don't know if I'm ready to put a label on it. Do we have to put a label on it? And clearly overthinking clearly had some stuff that he needed to work out but it really just came to light when it push came to shove you know he couldn't show up Something we noticed from Katja and Helen and even your stories when you reached out to us, the pandemic, I think, has played a huge part in 
you know, scrambling a lot of relationship statuses and people being quite confused about what they want. Yeah, it's like we've all been in survival mode for so long and the capacity or energy that we have to even think about a future beyond the next week is so depleted. Totally. I think energy is a huge thing, like not being able to have that energy to give to people. You know, and I think what the research also shows us is that young people really want to have everything in order first before they commit to someone. Yeah. So they want to have like their degrees or their job. They want to be secure. They want to have like financial security. They want to have like everything aligned before they then have that like long-term partner if that's what they're looking for. Exactly. And yeah, I think that plays a huge part in the fact that young people seem to mainly find themselves in situationships. Yeah, and we also can't ignore the fact that dating apps have completely fucked the way that we date. Oh, yeah, totally. And we spoke to Jill Jarde. She's a couple therapist and she's helped a lot of young people understand situationships. And, yeah, she totally agrees, Pip. Dating apps play a huge part in this. Dating apps slash technology definitely plays like a huge part in like you know obviously like the dating sphere but also your ability to be in that type of relationship is so much more easier and also you probably have so much more accessibility to people like and finding all different types of people they don't have to live in the same you know state or city or whatever like that so it is probably easier now more than ever to have that kind of like undefined type of relationship with people absolutely We've spoken about it a little bit already about, you know, the in-between period between friends with benefits and the proper committed relationship. But are there other signs that you can look for? Like, how do you know if you're in a situationship? Here's what Helen reckons. When you try and broach the subject with the other person about whether or not you're exclusively seeing, you know, other people and they're just doing everything that they can to avoid it or... um, or just tells you outright that they don't want to make a commitment. That's a situation ship. But you're also like when you find that you are so invested that you don't want to walk away, but you also aren't getting what you want from the situation, which is, you know, potentially a relationship, that's when you're in a situation ship. But for some people, situationships are the dream. No, yeah, completely. We actually heard from a lot of people on our Instagram, like Rach. She said that she loves situationships. She said that they're so fun and it's because you don't have the commitment of a real relationship, but you have all the good parts. Totally. And for some people, you know, they just love just being chillers. They're just like, (laughs) we'll just chill to the end of time together and that's sweet. But, you know, for some people who are trying to figure out like what you're comfortable with and whether or not this dynamic is something that works for you, we asked Jill and this is the advice that she gives to her clients a lot. Things aren't ever really a problem until they're a problem. So if you're in a situation ship and you are loving it or you're enjoying it and, you know, like, you're just going with the flow and and it works for you, then I would say like, okay, like at the moment, like, you know, you're okay. Well, the question that I would probably ask someone is like, is this serving you? And so what I mean by that is, you know, like, are you happy with the way things are? Are you kind of like, if you are kind of like at a point where you're thinking, oh, if you're kind of stressing about it, if you're sort of thinking a lot about it. And sometimes some people are kind of, um, you know, like they start to develop feelings and they're kind of like, oh, I want a bit more. I wonder if they want a bit more. And if that sort of starts to become like quite consuming or if you're not really in a good space and the future of the relationship is becoming um, overwhelming for you, 
then I would start to question whether it's actually for you or not. And I'd say that's actually maybe not serving you. Yeah, like once you get to that point where you're feeling like you need more from that person, you need them to do more maybe or say more, that's probably when you should reassess and those alarm bells should be ringing. And this is something that Helen Chick agrees with. She says that you should do a check-in with yourself every week. In my opinion, like, you've got to ask the question, like, at the end of the day, how does this make me feel? If I feel emotionally stable from it, it doesn't cause me any sort of anxiety, then you can potentially continue on. And that's why I said, I'm happy to give this a go until it no longer works. And that's probably an asterisk for me, not for you, for me. (laughs) So I feel like you just need to do little, almost like weekly pulse checks of like where you are like where you're at like how do I feel about this do I still feel good actually ask yourself like do I actually feel good about it if yes continue if no then you probably have to reassess I feel like I'm really guilty of this like this is something that I've experienced and I think (laughs) I think a lot of listeners as well but it's this idea of like I will change the person like sure we're in a situation ship at the moment and they don't want to commit right now but they will eventually like it's gonna happen so I think we should just try and be aware that we might get caught in that way of thinking and that's something that Jill agrees with too. Sometimes the potential of something is so much greater than the reality and, you know, in that because we're kind of holding on and like maybe just trying to change our behaviour or hoping for things to change, well, actually, like if you kind of looked at it just for what it is, like it's just it's not going to change and, you know, every relationship is a contract whether it's spoken or unspoken um if you're in a situation that's also a contract of like it's not defined there's no future there's no commitment here this is just you know this is where we're at this is what we both want and if at any point in that contract you're like well no this is not what I want then you need to you need to exit and reverse okay so if you're listening right now and you're like, I'm in a situationship and you've realised that you want more from this person but they're not willing to give you anything further than what's already happening, what should you do next? Jill's number one tip is to be honest with yourself. Sometimes, like, I think we try to um, put on a bit of, like, a, you know, like, front, like, yeah, no, it's really cool, like, I'm really – but actually, like, deep down, you're like, nah, dog, like, this is – this is actually not like what I want for me. Do you know what I mean? And I think just being genuinely honest with yourself and it's okay to start to have feelings for someone that are a bit more deeper than, you know, what you thought you would have had. Sometimes it might take you by surprise. It's okay. We're all human. These things happen. <laughs> um, but I think my my style and what I would say to people is just you've got to be transparent and honest with what works for you. And, you know, any relationship, all relationships, having our needs met is, like, so important. Um, And so if you get to a point where you're like, you know, it was so cute at the start, like it was so this, that and the other and I really enjoyed it and we were loving it, but actually now I'm just at a stage where I'm like, I think that I need a little bit more than this. I think I want... Maybe I want some more commitment or maybe you're like, uh, no, this is going way too fast than what I want. I think getting to that place of vulnerability and awkward slash uncomfortable stage of actually just being really honest with someone and saying, hey, like I really, you know, appreciate you and I really enjoy you, but this is something that I need. Is this something that you think that you can do? And if you can't, that's cool. You do you, boo. (laughs) But I'm going to do 
you know, me too. And that means like, I just have to go with what works for me. Yeah, Dee, we actually had a message from a listener who'd been in like a really bad situationship and they wanted out. They didn't like it. It ended badly. And she actually really wanted to know if the other person knew what they were doing. Like, was there any malicious intent there? Yeah, that's definitely something that I would think about too. Mm. Like, do you know what you're doing? Like, are you aware and I'm getting played? Yeah. Are you stringing me along or... I don't know. It's always hard to say. I feel like it's always going to be individual. But Helen reckons sometimes, yeah, the other person has no idea either. Sometimes the other person's just as confused and they haven't worked out what it is they want from all of this. And you can't really help that. And you can't really spot that. Only they know that. And it's unfortunate that sometimes you do end up in this situation, but what you can control again is what you do and how you feel and then do what is best for you at the end of the day. And it's okay to be selfish in those situations because at the end of the day, the other person's also being very selfish and you're allowed to do the exact same thing. I just want to go back to Katya, who we heard from at the beginning of this episode, because when I was talking to her about everything that she experienced, it went over like a couple of years, like we heard over the pandemic. But I really wanted to know about how she felt afterwards, like when she ended her situationship. I felt sad. And I felt like a little bit like afraid because we started dating like almost two years before the pandemic. But then like once the pandemic hit, like I didn't really see a lot of people outside of him and my family. Right. So like I was a little bit afraid of like what like a post like breakup life with a small social circle might look like and like how lonely that might be. But then also I definitely felt like kind of stupid, like telling my friends that I was upset or like guilty for feeling upset because like. I knew it was like maybe not a good situation and I kept putting myself in it. So it was, yeah, like really like I didn't want to like claim it as a breakup. So I was like, like I have to just like keep it to myself kind of. Oof, I feel that hard. I know. But she also got that really great advice from her therapist. Oh, yeah. Talking about like modern dating. Yeah. This is a like a modern relationship in the 21st century. Like just because he said it wasn't doesn't make it not a relationship. I feel so strongly about this. And I think we spoke about it in the love bombing episode as well. But yeah, no one can downplay your heartbreak or tell you that what you're experiencing or what kind of relationship you have with someone wasn't legit. It didn't matter because you were only together for like maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months or you weren't actually official. Yeah, like just the label doesn't matter in this situation at all. If you're feeling what you're feeling, it's valid. Yeah, so let's treat it like a normal breakup because for me, I'm like, it's still a breakup Mm. and... It was a relationship. It was a relationship. It was a modern relationship. It was a situationship. (laughs) Uh, So it is going to be tough, like, having that conversation and ending it with that person. You're still going to have all of those feelings that you would get from a normal breakup. And you put me onto that guy, Dr. Guy Dr. Guy Winge, yeah, because we did an episode with him last year. Incredible episode. Go listen to it in your feeds about rejection. But, yeah, he's a psychologist who does this podcast called Dear Therapist, and we thought it might be fitting to include him in this episode because he has some really great advice on how to deal with heartbreak. So this is upsetting for most people, but here's the reality. When we look at, again, what happens in the brain when you are heartbroken, it is the same mechanisms get activated as get activated when a heroin addict is withdrawing from heroin or a cocaine addict is withdrawing from cocaine. You literally feel addicted to the person. And in heartbreak, you feel withdrawing from that substance, albeit the substance is a person. Now, when you think of what heroin addicts do in their moments of desperation, nothing would surprise you. And all we say is like, well, you know, the heroin addicts, what to expect? But 
it's the same mechanism. And that's why heartbroken people find themselves doing desperate things that are so out of character and that they would never do. And here's 150 texts in an hour. And I want to travel across the country and surprise them, even though they told me they never want to see me again. You know, and they grovel and they beg, even though they're proud people and that they never would. They're acting like addicts because they're going through a similar kind of withdrawal. And the value of knowing that is, A, at least it explains your behavior or the impulse. And it makes you know, you know, you're not going crazy. This is what your brain is doing. And then it also tells you that like an addict, you need to go cold turkey. And the best way to get through this, the quickest way to get through it is to cut off all contact. And all contact means social media, pictures, literally get them out of your headspace. He's brutal, hey. He just he's says like, it how it is, doesn't he? Well, he's the leading researcher in the world. So I'm like, if he says you cannot be friends, you know how we always talk about, we're like, oh, we'll try and keep the friends. You're so important. No, he says you've got to just like cold turkey. Every time that you feel like you can change somebody or you can try and change the situation, we need a cold dog to guide. Yeah, like, he can be no. the b- brutal bitch. He can be like, block, delete. Exactly. He's like, take several take- seats. <laughs> You're not doing this, hun. <laughs> I need him in my ear always. I, literally. Like, he's <laughs> so hectic. <laughs> hey, big thanks to Katja who actually got in touch with us. She's from Canada and I am so stoked that we have a hookup international fam. So if you're listening and you're not from Australia, always get in touch. We love to hear from you. And of course, if you have any love, sex or relationship dilemmas, we're also here for you. Hit us up at Triple J The Hookup on Instagram. Get in our DMs. Or the bit that we love saying, you can you can, you can email, email us at the hookup at ABC. Damn no, it. see? Damn it. Fucked it. ABC.com.au. No, dot net. Fuck. Oh my god! <laughs> the hookup at abc.net.au. Bye. Bye. <laughs>